Well, good afternoon and welcome. Thanks for tuning in and especially thanking you for joining me at this particular time. Thank you for praying. And if you listen to the chaplet, I'll give you a little something I do every day. So even when we're not together, um, I remember to pray the chaplet, especially on the weekends or Sunday or some other point. Um, take your smartphone, go into your alarms and set an alarm at 3 p.m. wherever you are and remember to meditate on the passion of our Lord. The Lord told St. Faustina that was a special time, a special time of grace. It was known as the hour of mercy, the hour in which he hung on a cross in which the lance opened wide his heart for us and that blood and water gushed forth. It's an hour in which he promised that anything you ask of him in virtue of his passion will be granted. And he had asked Faustina initially to, you know, if you, she could to visit him in the Blessed Sacrament. You know, if she could, if you couldn't do that, perhaps the stations of the cross. But even if she couldn't do any of those things, and again, she was a religious. Her schedule might be a little different than yours. He said this to her, and this is what's so great. Even for a brief moment, he says, meditate on my passion. Just even for the briefest moment. It's the hour of mercy, the hour in which death was, was conquered. And, and you know, I, I, my phone goes off all the time. I'll say to my wife, hey, it's the hour of my mercy. <laughs> so we either pray or... If we say something like, oh, you know, we'll pray in a few minutes, I at least make sure even for a brief moment, I thank the Lord for a sacrifice. Because you know what happens, you, you put it off for a few minutes, the next thing you know, the hour's gone, right? But uh, just a little tidbit for you there. I want to pray. I want to pray for you, and I'm very grateful uh, for your prayers. Um, anxiety is a tough thing. It, it really is. Um, St. Francis de Sales said that anxiety is the greatest evil that can befall a soul except sin. And God commands you to pray and he forbids you to worry. Uh, and that's hard to do. I mean, for me, it's been pretty easy at times, but but there's been a few situations that have risen in the not too distant past where I'm being awakened in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and I'm thinking, that's not how I operate. I told the Lord, I refuse to worry. You know, everything's in his in his hands. I, I'm going to live in the present moment. That's my mindset, right? I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to live in the very present moment. And if you do that, you find this detachment, right? You find yourself being able to take a deep breath and go back to sleep. So if you're really in a difficult situation, all right, I, I'll quote the words of Isaiah, do not fear, right? The Lord says, I am with you. Do not be anxious. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. And uh, the Lord will certainly do that for you. All right. So give up that anxiety right now, that stress, that fear that's overwhelming you. And it's easy to, to give into it. Maybe the Lord wants you to hear that message today. I need to hear it sometimes. You know, I do. I need to hear it. Thank you for your prayers. Continue to pray for me. I could use your prayer. Life has been so hectic for the Mariani family recently. And, um, I'm grateful for him. And know that I pray for you. You're part of my family every day. You can join me here if you're new to the chaplet and you've been listening. You say, yeah, I do have a prayer intention. The number's 888-914-9149. That's good every day, okay? 888-914-9149. Put that in the speed dial and be sure and join me. I'm joined by my producer, Maggie. It's good to have her praying with us today. Good afternoon, Mags. Anything you want to pray for? Good to be with you, Drew. Uh, well, first I want to say thank you to anyone that prayed yesterday. Uh, I wasn't feeling so great, and today I'm feeling a little better. So thank you for that. Um, and I'd, I'd like to just pray for anyone that um, was a part of the Catholic faith or is a part of the Catholic faith in some capacity and just hasn't been to confession in a long time, uh, that the Holy Spirit tugs on them to, 
to come back to that sacrament. What a great prayer. I, I love that. And Faustina spoke so beautifully about what happens in that sacrament. But Maggie, how many years were you away from the, the sacraments? Because you were Catholic, mm -hmm. and then you left the mm -hmm. faith for a period or stopped going. Uh, how many years without the sacrament of reconciliation? I, I would guess probably four and a half or five years. Wow. Um, it, it probably I it probably was longer. I, I'm guessing yeah. probably like six years that I finally, I mean, I started coming back to church, but it took me a little while to, mm -hmm. to, to decide to on my own to go to confession. And I'll never forget it. I was washing dishes that I, I hated doing, but I was washing <laughs> dishes and I just had this, it was like this statement just came over me that just was like, you need to go to confession. And I wow. was like, that's a okay. grace. That's your mom's prayers. Probably, yep. <laughs> oh my <gosh. laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, so you felt this conviction, this overwhelming desire to go after being separated all that time, and you went back. Yeah, and I. What I was didn't, it like? I didn't fight it at all, which is, you know, I I think you yeah. just have to get to that point where I, I that that notion came over me, and I went, you know, that's true. I do. I need to go to confession, and I went that weekend, yeah. and uh, I'll. The, I'll never forget the priest was so happy. Uh, you know, wow. when I said it's been it's been years, it's been a long time since my last confession, and I just poured out my heart to him, and he was wow. like, "Well, thanks be to God, what a victory! We're so glad you're back." And and I was like, "Wow, this is better wow, than any beautiful. therapy or, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah." I've I've had some really. Um powerful experiences in the confessional and you feel so good when you're done. And um, I want to invite anyone and maybe it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you, Maggie, if you're away from the church, if you've not been to confession in a long time, go, it'll be the best experience you've had this year. And probably one of the best experiences of your life. You're going to be true. free from all that. And I had a, a cousin who was a, he, he battled addiction and drug abuse and all sorts of stuff and lived a wild life, you know, very immoral guy for a long time. And I remember when he went back to confession, he'd been away for like 20 years. And I brought him to a priest I knew, and uh, he was in there for hours. But boy, his life changed a as a result of that. Isn't and, that beautiful? Uh, it's a beautiful experience when you go into that sacrament. St. Faustina talked about how you, you're not, it's not the priest that you meet. I'm only by him. He's the screen. Right. You know, but it's truly the Lord who is there who will restore you, even if your body was like a decaying corpse, with no hope of restoration, he said to Faustina. You know, an encounter in that sacrament, an encounter with his mercy restores you completely and fully. So, look, as we approach Christmas, get to confession, all right? You'll be glad you did. That is truly an encounter with God and truly an encounter with mercy. Let's pray right now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls. In the ocean of mercy over the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll go to our first call. We'll go to Minnetonka, Minnesota. Maria's been waiting a long time. Hi, Maria. Good afternoon. Hi. Thank you for taking my call, Drew. I pray for you and your family. And also, please pray for my daughter and her boyfriend. That one day... They will make a beautiful family and will get married for the for the Catholic Church. Please. We will You got it, Maria. I'm glad you called. We'll pray for you, for your intentions, but especially for your daughter and her boyfriend. And I do pray for those who are living together, cohabitating, putting off marriage. Would you let them understand the beauty of that sacrament, the graces that flow from it? I pray for those who are away from the faith. And I, and I give you Maria and for all her intentions. I bring her to you along with all who now pray with me as we, as we pray, Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, Angie is listening to us in Austin, Texas. Angie, good afternoon. Welcome. Hi, thank you. <clears throat> and my prayers are for Ruth, um, who has cancer, Austin, who is recovering from a gunshot wound. And I'd like to pray for my daughters and me and Ayana that they return to the church and go to confession like Maggie um, that, and pray for their protection in all areas of their life and that the Lord would give them revelation for their future and that they would have good and godly friends. Thank you. All right, beautiful prayers. We'll, we'll lift up all those. Thank you for calling, Angie. Then I pray for Angie and everything she just voiced, especially for Austin, uh, who was shot. Uh, we pray for those battling cancer. I do pray for our children. I do pray for those who are away from the faith. And I just ask for that grace of conversion. 
for our spouses, our children, our siblings, those most in need of it. I want to pray for somebody who I know who's battling drug addiction. I want to pray for those who are homeless. And Lord, I just give you all these intentions. And again, we come together as your children with great confidence, great hope, great gratitude for this time of prayer. And we pray, Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, we'll go to Maggie again for Twitter in just a second. But let me bring Martha on. We'll get her intention first. Martha, Martha, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Drew, for taking my call. Hi, Martha. Are you um, listening? I'm asking prayers. You're welcome. Yes, I'm asking for prayers um, for Mayfield, Kentucky, and all the other communities in Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee impacted by the tornadoes over the past weekend. My husband and I both have family and friends who live there and were impacted by those storms. I'm also asking for prayers for my husband's uncle who was injured yesterday after falling off the roof, checking damage to his business from the storms. He has several broken bones and is having surgery this afternoon to repair those injuries. So we're hoping that he has a complete recovery and can come home from the hospital soon. What a horrible tragedy. Uh, Martha, you're in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Were you affected at all yes. by those tornadoes, or are you, you okay? That, okay thank thank well, goodness, look, no. We did have damage um, just up the street from us um, and throughout uh, Hendersonville, uh-huh. but it was only tree damage. All right. Well, thank God for that. Let's pray for you. Thank you for calling in and for reminding me and everyone to pray for that very important attention. Uh, and, Lord, we do pray for... Uh, these calamities. I'm hearing news reports that through the state of Minnesota, they're going to have high winds, maybe tornadoes there. It's December. Um, and I just pray that you hold your hand back. Uh, Lord, from, I, I pray for your mercy and not your justice on this country. Protect us from natural disaster, from war, from degeneration, from disaster, from disease. And I do pray for those who are the victims of these tragedies, those who have um, lost homes, who have lost business, who've suffered injury as a result of it. And I give you everything that Martha has just voiced, but we pray for the people, especially of Mayfield, Kentucky. And uh, we thank you for the way you protect us. We ask for that protection too, as we pray, eternal father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. 
for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And Maggie, I know we have to go to Twitter too, so I want to get your accounts. I just also want to pray for anyone battling porn addiction. Um, you know, Billie Eilish, uh, who's a very successful entertainer, won all sorts of awards. Uh, talked about her own struggle with it and how it damaged her coming up a little bit later when we're done the chaplet uh, in the next hour uh, we're going to take a look at this issue and the ripple effect how it affects his marriages and relationships and we'll talk about Billie Eilish and more but I do want to pray for anyone who's grappling with this now um, it's pervasive in the culture and it's a really powerful way that Satan get into both the home and into the heart so I want to pray for healing for anyone struggling in that area. But Maggie, what's coming in on our Twitter page? What yeah. we pray for? Um, we got a note from Tanya asking for prayers for Anne Marie, who's been diagnosed with brain cancer. Geraldine asked for prayers for her nephew, who uh, apparently might lose his job due to a COVID mandate. Uh, and he had just bought a house next to his mother in order to help her. Um, so please pray for him. Wow. Sana is asking for prayers for her brother for financial help. He had a car accident a couple of days ago due to rain and wind. The insurance company is declining payment and uh, he needs a miracle to continue working to take care of his wife. And, and um, he's, I, I guess his wife has um, cancer as well. Um, John wrote to us, he said, I need a financial miracle. Only We only have half of what we need to make payroll as of today, and that doesn't include the day-to-day -day money for our business. Uh, seeking the intercession of the Holy Family, especially St. Joseph in this time of need. And then uh, Lillian Higgins had left me a voicemail, and if she's listening, I, I just want to reach out and, and pray for her. Um, she's going through some health issues. Um, and I know she was getting tested for COVID, so just praying for her health and well-being. Let's pray for all those. I want to pray for those with financial problems too, especially the business owners and for that individual with the insurance uh, case. I, I've got a sense that that's going to be remedied. I'm going to pray for that, for that miracle that the insurance company will have a change of heart and that, that you'll be able to provide for your family. You know, St. Alphonsus Liguori, he once said that, you know, he who trusts in himself is lost, but he who trusts in God can do all things. And, you know, we look at our businesses and the bottom line, and we don't know how we're going to pay payroll. It's, it's hard to really trust when the numbers don't add up. But uh, it's trust that moves mountains. It's trust that brings about those, those miracles. And Faustina promised us that she would draw aside the veils of heaven to convince us of God's goodness. You know, and, he, and she says that she, she did that. She promised so that we would no longer continue to wound with our distrust, the sweetest heart of Jesus. So St. Faustina, I call upon your intercession for all these souls and all these intentions, all those who are crying out now. In, intercede for us in a special way today. Bernadette, I'm going to sneak you in here too. So good afternoon. Thanks for listening in Albuquerque. Good afternoon, Drew. Thank you so very much. 
I had two intentions, but I was told to uh, keep it short, so I would just put my son Stephen in for prayer. Uh, three of us in the family got the COVID, and uh, I got over it real quick. So did they. They were okay. We're all negative. But my son Stephen has come up with some other stuff that he's having a real bad problem with. And uh, it's not the COVID. They thought it might be Meniere's disease, and they ruled that out. And then they checked for Parkinson's disease, and he can't keep anything down. He's shaking. He's dizzy. Well, I'll tell you what, Bernadette, let's pray for him right now, okay? I want to pray for your other intention as well, but we'll pray for your son's health. Anyone who's sick now, Lord, I bring them to you. We ask for your divine touch as we pray. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world our final call comes from new mexico gabriella good afternoon good afternoon Drew. thank you for taking my call and i'm asking for prayers for my granddaughter janae who has leukemia that she be healed and for me, I have a hernia, and I'm probably facing surgery that that be healed. And right. for Lincoln and Maverick, that their health be restored. All right, well, Gabrielle, we'll take all those intentions right now, especially that granddaughter with leukemia. I pray for anyone with cancer, anybody who is ill, anybody suffering financially or in relationships. I give you every voice and every cry, every prayer, every plea, every individual united to me now. I stand before the foot of the cross of your divine Son. And Heavenly Father, we ask for miracles and blessings and new beginnings and answered prayers as we pray, Eternal Father. We offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God. Holy Mighty One. Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God. Holy Mighty One. Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, please look kindly upon us 
and increase your mercy in us so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will which is love and mercy itself Jesus, Jesus, I trust, trust in, in you. you. Jesus, I trust, I trust in, in you. you. Jesus, I, I trust, trust in you. Our Lady Queen of Heaven, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Help, pray for us. Mother of Mercy, pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Faustina, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, pray for us. Saint Peregrine, pray for us. Saint Jose Maria Escriva. Pray for us. St. Patrick. Pray for us. Blessed Michael Sapochko. Pray for us. Servant of God, Maria Esperanza. Pray for us. Father Seraphim Michelenko. Pray for us. All you angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you have somebody away from the faith, continue to pray for them, and then stay with me. There's new data out about where we are in terms of being religiously unaffiliated. And I do want to talk to you about porn's effect on couples and their relationships. I'll tell you what Billie Eilish just came out and said. And, uh, well, we'll talk to somebody who found healing through it all. Should be a great conversation straight ahead. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. Getting you connected. The Drew Mariani Show. On Relevant Radio. This is The Drew Mariani Show. Oh, yeah, that's a classic, huh? Baby, come back. You're probably saying that to uh, somebody you love, right? It's left the faith and left the church. You know, I, I, look, I'm not alone. I... I, I and I don't blame any parent either. I got, I got to be honest with you. You know, I remember years ago when I first started, even here at this network, I was young. All my kids were in grade school, right? And, and I really thought at the time, you know, if your kid leaves the faith, right, your child strays to the faith, it's because you didn't instill those good moral values in them, right? I, I've come to learn years later and knowing um, friends, family members, uh, even, you know, even my own family. I've got, I've got a son who's not where he needs to be at all when it comes to, to the faith. Um, you know, it's not the parents' fault. I mean, the Marianis, you know, we prayed the rosary together as a family. I take my kids to confession. We said grace before meals. I prayed with them personally when I tucked them in at night and put them to bed. Um, you know, they know my faith and my wife's faith. Um, the world's a very powerful place and you might say, oh, I'm so worried about my child. I'm so worried, you know, about my sister or my brother. I'm worried about my parents. You know, they just don't practice the faith. Uh, we've known for a while that our country is becoming more secular. It really is. And, and that, it's, it's, it's problematic. I mean, the people, uh, the, the culture, our fellow citizens, our brothers and sisters in this great nation of ours are abandoning religion, especially the religious expressions that have been part of our country since its founding. And I'll tell you what, that gives me pause. There's a new study. It just came out. It was done by Pew Research. And what they found is not surprising. It doesn't surprise me, but I do want to share it with you. 
they they found that uh, in their latest research that that religious that the religiously unaffiliated uh, unaffiliated I should say um, you know the share of the public is now twenty nine percent six points higher than it was five years ago ten points higher than it was a decade ago and Christians continue to make up a majority of our country you know the U S population here right now I think if uh, and I thought it was higher. I thought it was in the 80s at one point in time. But the, the stats that, I, that I've that i read now say that Christians make up you know a population of 63%. That to me seems low, but I'll go with it. They're the ones doing the study. Uh, the share of adult population, 12 points lower this year than it was in 2011. Uh, is there a reason for it? Churches were closed. I don't know. Maybe you get out of the habit of practicing the faith, right? It's it's, it's kind of hard to restart. You form bad habits. Sometimes they take root. The share of U.S. adults who say that they pray on a daily basis, that's been trending downward, as has the share who say that religion is, is very important in their lives. So uh, this is not a happy study. And I hate to break that news to you. I, I do want to talk about it. I do want to look at it. I do want to understand why we are seeing these numbers. When we no longer see religion as important, that's going to ripple out into society at large. You're going to see it in our legislation. You're going to see it in the ethics of hospital boards. You're going to see it in a whole litany of things, right? The education your kids are going to be exposed to. When we are no longer as an individual, as a people, as a nation, praying, and you do not pray, uh, things do not go well. Prayer brings about great change. Prayer is, is to the soul what oxygen is to the body. Here's, here's one other stat. It's, it's interesting, but also, I think, almost depressing. Uh, Christians now outnumber the religious N-O-N-E-S's, the nuns, right, by a ratio of just a little more than two to one. So what's that mean? Let me zoom out for you. I'll give you some perspective on it. In 2007, when Pew began asking the question, they were doing these studies, they asked about religious identity. Well, Christians, those who were followers of Christ and believed in those teachings, they outnumbered the nuns almost five to one. So, and again, I should probably tell you what the nuns are if you're not familiar with that, that stat. The nuns are those who have left organized religion. They, they, they may not say, they fundamentally say, hey, look, yeah, there, there's a God, there might be, but you know what, I can pray to him in my room or, you know, whatever, I don't need organized religion, right? And we're seeing this exodus out of the church, right? We, we've, I've talked about this for, for now years. We're seeing those numbers. What's troubling is that these numbers are on the rise, right? And you are seeing now Christians once outnumber those nuns almost five to one, it's now a little more than, than two to one. A little more that, that, that those are troubling, troubling data points. That's a huge change in just 14 years. That's it, 14 years. And I'll tell you, I'd be honest, as a devout Catholic, as a man who loves my faith, who loves the sacraments, who believes and practices prayer, you know, who I, I can't imagine life w- with that. I said that to my wife the other day. I was looking at the just the world news. You know, the economy, the inflation numbers, right? What's happening with China? What's happening with the Uyghurs? What's happening in you know, Afghanistan, all over the world? You take a look at all this. If I didn't have my faith, right? And, and even the life challenges that affect all of us, right? The family dynamics and things. If, if I didn't have my faith, 
I don't know what I would do. You talk about having anxiety and depression and fear. You talk about suicide rates on the rise. I think those are all byproducts of the rejection, the abandonment of God and faith. My faith and my prayer life sustained me. Our Lady once said, the one who prays does not fear the future. And the one who fasts doesn't fear evil. I think we've abandoned those two practices today. I think we need to pray more. We need to fast to disengage these great and very dominant deceptive spirits that are in the culture today. And you see how they're infecting us, how the ideology today is affecting everything from our kids to our world leaders on so many different planes. And I won't go through the litany of them. You know what they are. We talk about them regularly here. Um, what this latest survey revealed is that most of these changes are happening, just to give you, to be fair, in Protestantism, okay? So it's not necessarily the Catholic, but it's in Protestantism that they're seeing these numbers. The numbers of Catholics, uh, it's remaining steady around 21% of the population, which is good, right? I wish those numbers were higher, and we should be hoping they are. Of course, um, those numbers should be increasing, and, and sometimes when you face trials and storms and difficulties and pandemics, you, you would hope those numbers would increase. Um, but at least we're not losing at this point. There's something going on in the Protestant world. Um, I'm not quite sure what that is. My, my next guest who's going to be joining in a moment, maybe he's got a perspective on it. But uh, I think the challenge for us as Catholics is that we're called to evangelize. And that's the great commission. That's what Jesus Christ said to you and to me, right? He said to his disciples, Go out and make disciples of all nations. That's the great commission. You are called to evangelize. You are called to bring the gospel to the world. You are called to change the world. The world isn't supposed to change us, and that's what's happening, right? The world is changing your kids. The world is changing your, your, your loved ones. The world may even be changing you. That's where the problem lies. That's where the problem lies. Our challenge is to go out, to be a light, even in this darkness, right? to live our faith, and I guarantee you that one candle can pierce the darkness. I'm convinced of it. Imagine a thousand. They'll banish the darkness, right? That's what we need to be. We need to be witnesses for Christ, and I'll tell you what, those seeds we planted in our kids and those the, that witness of light to our neighbors and our friends and our extended family, it's going to have a profound impact. I'm convinced of it. Uh, I'm joined today by somebody who understands this far better than than me. His name is Dr. Ryan Hanning. He's a professor of church history and Catholic studies, a very popular lecturer and speaker. And uh, give you his website real quick if you want to check him out. It's Ryan Hanning. That's H-A-N-N-I-N-G, ryanhanning.com. And he works with a great organization who I always marvel at. They're called Catholics Come Home. And if you're away from the faith, I want you to check out this website, okay? If, if you're a Catholic who's left, we invite you to come back, all right? You can find them at catholicscomehome.org, catholicscomehome.org. And uh, this group has unbelievable success in having Catholics come back. They did a whole media campaign, a whole lot of other stuff, and um, they've, they've, they've got a very simple solution. And I'll, we'll share what that is coming right up. But let me first welcome to the conversation uh, Dr. Hanning. Doctor, good to have you with me. Good afternoon. Hey, Drew, thanks so much. I think you picked a new theme song for Catholics Come Home, <laughs> Baby Come Back. I love it. I got to credit my producer, Maggie. Maggie said to me during the break, she says, you're going to love this bumper. <laughs> and she played it. I love it. That's awesome. You know, I, I, you know, Tom Peterson, Catholics Come Home, your organization. I, I said to Tom once, who was on the, the air with me, I said, how are you having such incredible success? You know, I broadcast daily here. How are you having such success in bringing people back? 
And he said to me something I never forgot. And I love your perspective on this too. He just simply says, you know, we invite we invite those individuals to come back. Quite often, that's all it takes is an invitation to return to the faith. Uh, you're having incredible success bringing Catholics home. Uh, two things here. Let's start with the numbers. I mean, you, you see this decline happening. Um, Catholics are staying steady, but there are a lot of people leaving and abandoning the faith. And, and yet your organization, too, is having a profound impact on drawing souls back. Uh, give me your read on, on what's happening right now. Uh, what do you make of the numbers, and, and what's the solution? Yeah, I'm not surprised with the numbers as sort of dire as they are, because they represent sort of a trend that we've seen that we've we've all personally experienced as well, right? With, with mm-hmm. family and friends, not only leaving the faith, but but leaving a belief in God. Right? We live in a very decadent culture where, you know, we we are distracted. And it's interesting with Catholics come home over the years, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that have come home that we've been in dialogue with, the 90% don't identify a doctrinal issue for leaving the faith. Rather, they got caught up in a secular society that really doesn't fundamentally understand the role of religion. You know, they started working on Sundays, or kids are sport on Sundays, and it was a sort of slow drifting away. And we see that really sort of, you know, summarizing these numbers here. It's incredible. The last, you know, really just, you know, from 2007 to 2021, 15% decrease in those who identify as, as Christians, and a 13% increase of those who say they don't have any religious affiliation. Um, you know, a similar study was done by Pew last year among 18 to 29-year-olds. And 46% of those said you don't have to have any belief in God to be a good person or to live a happy life, which is a really an incredible statement because the truth is, it's even biologically, we're religious by nature. <laughs> we have these deep, profound questions. And amidst all this bad news, the truth is the human heart hasn't changed. And the truth is we have the good news. And so as Tom said to you all those years ago, a simple invite to, to come experience the love and joy and friendship of Christ to come experience the meaning and purpose can be found in his church. Um, it resonates with the human heart because the human heart hasn't changed despite all the challenges we face today. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, doctor, let's do this. I'd take a short pause and that way we can get back in the conversation. You won't be interrupted. Uh, if you want to join us, you can dial in here too. It's 888 You have somebody away from the faith. If you are struggling, if you've got a great story to share, if you need some advice on what you can do to Bring your loved one back. Feel free to dial in. And our conversation will continue. Uh, I think it's important to look also at uh, what's driving so many people to leave the practice of the faith. We'll look at that more. Hi, Drew Mariani here. Hey, I am traveling to the Holy Land in February with our underwriting sponsor, Nativity Pilgrimage. Information is available at relevantradio.com slash holyland. That's relevantradio.com slash holyland. So good to be with you today. If you are just joining us, we are taking a look at some new data coming in, taking the temperature of the country right now when it comes to the faith and uh, some disappointing poll numbers as less people are, are praying, more people are leaving organized religion, but there is hope. I hate to lead with those bad numbers. Uh, Look, I, I think relevant radio, I think Catholics come home. I, I think there are a lot of different outreaches that are out there that are, are you know, piercing the din, the cacophony out there that often 
just to, is overwhelming to somebody that can't hear the the truth because they're inundated with such mistruth. You know, we're bringing light, and I think we're bearing good fruit. And I have got great hope. Good always conquers evil. You keep praying for your loved one, and I guarantee you. Uh, those seeds of conversion will be planted. Think of Monica and think of so many other great saints who've gone down that path. My guest today is Ryan Hanning. It's good to have him with me. He's a professor of church history and Catholic studies and check him out at his website, ryanhanning.com. And doctor, I heard a priest once talk about the, um, the fact that, you know, we have this influx of, uh, immigrants from, from Latin America and from South America, and it kind of hides the number of decline that we're seeing in the country, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so, the, you know, I wonder how bad the actual numbers are. Um, and again, uh, some argue, too, that, look, we've domesticated uh, God. We've stripped the church uh, of the transcendent. You know, our church has stopped looking Catholic. We, we no longer have, you know, long confession lines. It's hard to find confession in some places, you know? we. We have, um, you know, with a decline in true presence, belief in the true presence, we've seen maybe a decline in vocation. So all this stuff is interconnected too, isn't it? Well, what do you see as the big driver today for, for why people are leaving the faith? And, and uh, let's pick it up on that point. I think it's probably a good place to start. Well, what's, what's the biggest driver in your opinion? Yeah, well, let's face it. You know, we live in a post-Christian world, right? I mean, for the last 400 years, the, the cultural shift has been really away from religious belief, specifically Christian belief, into a belief in oneself. Um, you know, the, the alarm was sounded, you know, a generation ago, two generations ago, by Romano Guardini and uh, Carol Votiwa, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. Ratzinger, and others who have been, you know, walking the church through this time, recognizing the reality that, that the secularism of the age um, makes it very difficult to live out one's faith convictions. I mean, just imagine for a moment, you know, last night, uh, my daughter and I were doing uh, the Christmas cards, and we watched uh, the famous Bells of St. Mary's with Bing Crosby. It was nominated for five Academy Awards. <laughs> you know, wow. um, you know, just a few years before, you had the Ten Commandments and Ben-Hur. You know, the culture was saturated in many ways with Christian motifs, Christian ideas, to answer these fundamental questions of where do I come from, where am I going, why am I here? Um, and and for really, those have been systematically dismantled by a culture that by and large has forgotten who they are as a beloved son and daughter of the Father, have forgotten how they're called to live, who think they can do it better on their own. They're the, they're, you know, they're the young son who have left the house of the Father and is now waking up among the swine, so to speak. And the reality is, is that even among a pandemic, when people are faced with their own mortality, rather than run back to the faith, these numbers indicate they continue to run further away. But the good news is they never run beyond the gaze of a loving Father, right, who Amen. looks at nothing but love and who calls us back home. So, Despite these challenging numbers, I'm I'm still really hopeful. I mean, uh, Archbishop Gomez, when he was addressing the bishops at the fall gathering, uh, quoted a speech over 100 years ago from the great Archbishop John Ireland, mm-hmm. where he talks about, look, you know, even in the culture, this is 100 years ago, he said, even in the American culture, there are people that would be shocked to hear the beauty of the good news of the gospel. <laughs> you know, people that are just hungering for it. And that. we live in this time now. But imagine, you know, 30% of you know, people in 18 to 29 grew up in a household with no religious faith. Um, an incredible opportunity, as you said, if we evangelize, if we witness to the truth, born of this friendship with Christ, born of being a member in, a, in the community of this church, what an impact that can make in the lives of, of those who have left and those who have never even known uh, the goodness, beauty, and truth of the gospel that's come to set us free. 
So, so what, what do we do? I mean, what's the remedy? How, how do we reverse this? I, you know, I know so many parents who are worried about their kids. I, we pray the chaplet on the air here every day, and I get those intentions for, for you know, a parent praying for the child's return. Um, maybe it's not the parent. I don't know. Maybe it's somebody else that that that, that brings them back. But um, what are your strategies? I mean, how do we communicate with loved ones, or what's the best way to maybe uh, maybe maybe what can the church do to to change this this course? Yeah, great question. So on, on a personal level, absolutely, that prayer and that witness and patience. You know, can't stress that enough. St. Monica, you know, she was uh, made a saint, not in spite of her circumstances, but through them, right? 17 years praying yeah, for her wayward son. So never give up hope. But as a church, we need to be on the offensive. Let, let's face it. You know, we, we often play on the defensive thinking the devil is one, and he hasn't. We've read the last page. We know Christ is victorious, and we're called to participate in that victory, even amidst the battles of, of this life, and we're in one right now, of course, in this secular society. And so even that Catholics come home, we've really taken this responsibility as the Church, especially in this time of pandemic, to to reach out and to, to welcome people home. And so I think if the Church can be more of who she is on mission, you know, going out to, to make believers of all nations, to share the good news with people who have not even yet heard it, and those who have left the faith who have forgotten the beauty because they've been wrapped up in a secular society that doesn't understand the, or value the role of religion. I mean, I, I keep, you know, Tom and I were just talking even this afternoon, you know, how much we need to, even my, even myself and, and him, you know, we need to sort of stop looking at the bad news and be like Mother Mary, who is right. stepping on the serpent but not looking at the problem. She's not looking at the serpent. You know, she's looking up towards, towards, towards heaven, right? She's looking at her beloved son and father who, who is, you know, ultimately where our focus needs to be. And so I think as a church, if we can just take heart and, and be on the offensive to, to bring the good news to a culture who desperately needs it, if, if these numbers should do anything in us, it should really, yeah. it should really stir our hearts and motivate, motivate us to evangelize and to share the good news. No, I, I could not agree with you, you more. Uh, and I hope people will. Here's the problem, though, that sometimes people face. Um, People, especially Catholics, I mean, our Protestant brothers and sisters, they, they know their scripture quite often. They throw out their Bible quotes, say, you know, they're their track cards. Um, Catholics sometimes are very, they're, they're bad evangelists. <laughs> you know, I, I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I mean, there's a, I, I hate the broad brush, and that's what I mean to do. But a lot of people feel, I don't know my faith. What if somebody asks me, you know, uh, why do you believe Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist? How do you defend that? Or why do you, you know, pray to Mary? Or, you know, where's purgatory in the Bible? You know, you hear all those fundamental questions that come up all the time. Um, sometimes people are afraid. I think Catholics sometimes are afraid to speak because they feel they, they can't defend the faith. But I've learned it's not, it's, you know, you don't always have to have an answer. You don't have to have a catechism in your hand to to bring about conversion. But let's address that too. And then, and then I'll share a story that happened to me with some neighbors as well. But the, um, you know, what do you say to that Catholic who said, I'm kind of afraid to talk at work or to my neighbor about this because what if they start asking me questions about the faith? I won't know how to answer them. And I think that's a majority of Catholics, right? I mean, we're just uncomfortable. Uh, we, we see very often sort of either, you know, that being an imposition or are afraid that we'd be unprepared to answer the questions. Well, this is where witness comes in. You know, we live in a culture that really values personal experience of witness. People won't argue with it. I mean, I just had a conversation on the plane just a few weeks ago where you know, he was asking some questions, uh, really kind of upset with uh, religious faith and the things that have happened in the name of faith. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to convince him in an hour and a half long flight. And I just said, you know, yeah, for me, true. my faith is everything. And I started to share with them what a difference Christ makes in my life. Right. And at the end of it, he looked at me and goes, man, I, I wish I felt that way. And then that leaves, now, now, now the window's open. 
well, let me invite you into a relationship with the Lord, right? And so I think yeah. we, we need to not be fearful about having all the answers, because the main answer people need to hear is how a life, you know, a belief in Christ has affected our own life. And this is why Catholics Come Home, even just as a, a movement, has worked so well, because it's just people sharing their story about how the faith has impacted and improved their life, how this friendship born of Christ has made a difference. And that story resonates with the human heart. That, that story resonates with us, because we're all, we're all looking for these answers. We're all struggling with our brokenness, you know, with our vices that rob us of peace and joy. And so, you know, I, I talk to Catholics all the time who struggle to share their faith, and I just remind them, the best way to share the faith is to grow in your own personal holiness, and then just to share the difference that's made in your life with those around you. Yeah, we're here to win souls, not arguments. And I think it's so right. true. You know you're not going to convert somebody in in an hour or even in 10 minutes or whatever it may be. I had neighbors who moved in, and they were one was a fallen away Catholic, another one wasn't Catholic at all. But they saw how my wife and I lived, how we prayed, how we believed in God, how we prayed with our children, took them to mass and the confession and, and they were intrigued and you know we'd sit around having a glass of wine or hanging out together and they'd ask a question here or there and before you know it uh, he returned to the faith and she converted to the, the catholic church and it wasn't catechism arguments and, and and you know doctrine that won them over it was personal witness and i think that's so key in all this hey uh, ryan thank you for your time great to have you here please check out dr ryan hanning at his website that's ryanhanning.com I'll be back.